Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. If you listen to the podcast on Stitcher at the end of the month, August 29th, Stitcher is going away. So uh, just subscribe for free on one of the other platforms. And it does not matter to me which platform it is. Um, although, you know, Apple apparently like deplatformed Glenn Beck yesterday, but then they brought him back. So eh, I'm not really clear. Not really clear what's going on there. But there are other platforms that you may choose from. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. The email is Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. And the phone number is here at News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Let me give you an example of some neutral headline writing. So over at the Center Square, centersquare.com, I believe, is the website. And uh, it's it's a reporter named Alan Wooten. And here's the headline. Gender Transition Legislation among six vetoes overturned into law. That's a good headline. Now, I know that's not quite as clickbaity as all of the consultants want you to write them as, but it doesn't take a position. It's not adopting narratives from either side. Gender transition legislation. And here's how they start. Alan Wooten's piece starts off, Rules for Medical Professionals, Related to performing gender transition surgeries or prescribing puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones to minors has become law in North Carolina. That is a neutral way to write it. You do not have to adopt the branding from the left. You don't have to do that, media folks. You know, be independent. Be your own person. Recognize that there is a narrative being promoted and the right does it too obviously so the republican party conservatives the democrat party libertarian party they all send out talking points they all have narratives and ways that they are trying to frame issues sure but be independent and if you find yourself always adopting the narrative of the left well first off congratulations you're more, way more self-aware than probably 90 percent of the other journalists that are covering stuff up in Raleigh and at the national level but maybe take a step back and consider hmm maybe I just shouldn't be regurgitating that it's it, that might not be the best way to to state this argument or this issue House bill 808 it was promoted as a way to protect minors from permanent life-altering gender transitions Medical professionals are prohibited from performing gender transition surgeries or prescribing puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones to minors, which mirrors legislation adopted in 20 other states. Lawsuits have followed in some states where similar measures have been enacted. Litigation is expected for North Carolina as well. Supporters of this law point to studies saying gender dysphoria can be a temporary condition. In litigation thus far, arguments from families of transgender youth say the treatments are medically necessary. 
Their lawyers say the law violates the U.S. Constitution's right to equal protection by outlawing medical treatments on the basis of sex, prohibiting parents to make medical decisions for their children. The North Carolina law includes exceptions for medical conditions unrelated to gender transitions and certain gender transitions for minors that started before August 1st. So there, there is a sort of grandfather clause in there, or grand person clause, I guess. Anyway, um, there, there is like this pre-existing idea, you know, like if you were already on the path, we're not going to say you, you got to stop it all now because, you know, you're already on the path. You're already undergoing this stuff. Now, you can disagree with that or not, but this is, I think, this, this dials down the radical quotient, don't you think? Just a little bit. So for all the people that are out there screaming about how radical this is, they are allowing, if you've already embarked upon this path, they're not saying you've got to stop it, which was one of the criticisms, by the way, that activists were making. I also feel the need to point this out, too. Helen Joyce has talked about this. I played uh, some sound bites of hers um, about this this very thing, which is that there are people, particularly the adults, particularly parents, grandparents of trans kids who they have to keep going on this path because if it turns out that they were wrong on this, then they've done just a terrible thing, right? So they they can't be wrong. They can't be. They just can't. And so when you find this out about somebody, when you're having a discussion and then you find out that, oh, okay, their kid's trans. You, that means there, there is no way she equated, Helen Joyce equated them to, um, to the Japanese soldiers on the islands, you know, <laughs> that were still fighting decades after the war was over. Here is how the uh, Associated Press, by contrast, Covers it. Headline, ban on gender-affirming care. There it is. Gender-affirming medical treatments. And by gender-affirming, we mean gender-denying, right? Because it's saying that you're not, or or I guess you would say that it would be biological sex-denying. Is that the idea? Here's Hugh Blackwell. He's a Republican from Burke County. And uh, he says here that uh, the laws in states and in America have long gone to extra steps to protect the interests of minors. This legislation is in that same spirit, uh, recognizing the serious and the potentially permanent effects of the procedures that this bill addresses. It simply says they need to wait until they're 18 to make that kind of a decision. Sarah Crawford, Democrat from Wake County, said the legislation, it's bad for the state. It sends a message that we are not open and it's harmful to transgenders. This legislation. Oh, no, that's not Sarah Crawford. This when is. we were all sworn yeah. into our office, we took an oath to uphold the Constitution of North Carolina and to uphold and protect the Constitution of the United States. And that includes protecting the life of our citizens. And when we have an entire group of people who are eight times, eight times more likely to commit suicide than their peers, we have a responsibility to make sure that those individuals have access to all the health care 
that they need. All right. So again, this is the false choice of let me mutilate my child or they're going to kill themselves. Right. This is the and it is explicitly stated, by the way, to parents. They are told by healthcare professionals that if you don't do this, your child, as she just said, is more likely to go kill themselves. There's a couple problems, and I find this to be atrocious. It's just despicable. There are a couple problems with this approach. Number one, correlation is not causation, right? It, that, is not, that is not the cause of the higher suicide rates. And in fact, now we have surveys and studies that are showing people who go through this in the long term they still have the suicidal uh, outcomes, first off. Second of all, there's flawed data here that they are citing. Flawed data in so much as that they ask people about whether they have ideas of self-harm. And those ideas of self-harm pre-exist the transition. They pre-exist the gender dysphoria. So simply having the idea and then saying, well, th- then you're more likely to follow through with the idea. That's not true. That's it, it's, it's not true. It's emotional blackmail. That's what it is. This argument is emotional blackmail. And when where you have countries that have been doing this stuff uh, for longer than America has, they are now reversing course. Because they're looking at the outcomes and they're saying, oh, this is, not, this is not what we thought it would be. And there is another aspect to it, which I find to be like even more despicable, which is you are conveying to gender dysphoric children the idea that if they don't get this, then they're going to kill themselves. You're telling them that. These arguments convey that very thing. So the thing that you claim to be trying to prevent by using it as, a, as emotional blackmail against your opponents, you are actually encouraging more of that sort of connection, that mental connection between, the, uh, uh, between dysphoria and suicide. You guys are doing that. You're the one saying, well, if they don't get these treatments, then they're probably going to go kill themselves. And so now you've put that into the kid's head. Well, I guess I got to kill myself. That's what happens if you don't get the treatments. And I don't want to kill myself. I got to get the treatments. And oh my gosh, now I can't get them, so life isn't worth living. You're making these connections for these children who are impressionable. I got a couple more sound bites, and I've got I have the science. You'll hear it all. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organize the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? 
All right, so a couple more sound bites from yesterday's uh, discussion. It's, it wasn't really a debate. Uh, while the General Assembly overrode six different vetoes that Governor Roy Cooper had signed. And uh, by the way, let me do this real quick. There was a, oh, what did I do with it? Hang on. Here it is. Um, there were two Democrats that signed on to the overrides of their own Democratic governor. Um, Representative Michael Ray of Halifax and Representative Garland Pierce of Scotland County. They both voted in favor of the bills, voted to override. After Wednesday's vote, sorry, I take it back, Pierce had voted against the bills when they came initially before the House back in June. But he voted to override the governor's veto now. And he spoke with, he says the reason he did that was because he spoke with constituents in his district who felt differently about these issues, particularly on the transgender athletes um, uh, issue. And he said, quote, I was surprised by some of the folks who did not support the position of the Democrats on the bill. Very surprised. And some of these were Democrats. Also of note that Bladen County which is right next door to Pierce's district, has similar demographics, recently passed its own ban on trans athletes, and that was a 9-0 to zero vote, and that included four Democrats. Right? The, the public is on the side of the GOP on, on these issues. And I think that like people in the Democratic Party are starting to realize this. Well, here, this is uh, John Autry, Democrat from Mecklenburg County, where he just wouldn't or couldn't find the words. I don't know. But, I mean, some of this strikes me as somewhat performative. But, Ladies and gentlemen, House Bill 808, once again, when we... As you consider this vote this afternoon, just stop it. You can stop it right here, right now, today. Thank you, Mr. So overwhelmed because his, he has a trans grandchild, as I was mentioning earlier. There isn't anything that anybody is going to be able to say to him because if it's not true... Right. If if this course of action for his grandchild is not true, what does that say about the people who have allowed the course of action to occur? So that it cannot be true. They cannot let it be true. Deb Butler, who, as I understand it, will not yield, Mr. Speaker. That was her. Remember, screaming and yelling about the budget override vote a couple of years ago. Deb Butler. Uh, said supporters are sending mixed messages here. Well, we have a hypocrisy on our hands here. Oh. Because, as Representative Cotham says, parents do want options for their children. They want to be able to take care of them, along with their physicians, their social workers, their clergy, their schools, their community. So... Some options we want and some we want to stifle, just depending on what a parent believes or what they think is best for their child. Gender-affirming care has been performed in this country for 40 years. 
Not on children. Saving the lives of children, giving them dignity, making them have confidence, allowing them to live in a body that they are comfortable with. And the only reason we see fit today to try and alter that future for them is some sort of political cudgel. No. Because if we really do believe that parents are the best arbiter and the best people to make decisions for their children, we wouldn't do this. Right. Generally, yes, they are. That's why you, you, you let the parents decide where to go to school, where they take the kid to school, what they eat for dinner and all that stuff. But if the parent's like, hey, you know what, I'm going to go and uh, give my kid tattoos all over their face at age six, the state would have an interest in saying, yeah, no, you can't do that. Right. Because sometimes parents are dumbasses. That is true. But uh, the initial point she makes here is we have a hypocrisy on our hands. Um, if the hypocrisy argument had any purchase now, um, maybe this would work, but it doesn't because the argument doesn't, the hypocrisy charge doesn't any longer. I've said this for years. Um, and if it is hypocrisy to support choice on transgender surgeries on minors, but not schools, and that's hypocrisy, then it's also hypocrisy, right? The other way around. You, you, you don't get to say that the opponents of transgender surgeries are hypocrites because they are also in support of choice for schools. But you are against choice for schools, but for choice for trans, so you're a hypocrite too. Congratulations, you owned yourself. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. This is House Bill 8, uh, yeah, House Bill 808. Trying to see if there's a, well, it's just called Gender Transition Minors. And so uh, the prohibitions on uh, puberty-blocking drugs, cross-sex hormones. Um, and by the way, you would have a, a, a private right of action against the medical provider. No surgeries for minors. There are exceptions. They list them here. Um, but this has caused all of the outrage. We are now, North Carolina joins, I think, 21 other states, maybe 22 other states, or maybe we're the 22nd state now, to ban this. And I didn't think we would need to be at this point either, but here we are. And this was not, like, as Deb, I will not yield, Butler alleged that, you know, oh, you're just using this as some sort of political cudgel. N no. This is a response to actions from the left, right? This is, I've, I am becoming, I, well, I shouldn't even say becoming. I am now more and more uh, of the opinion, not to say that, uh, that this opinion has now calcified for me, but I am leaning way over to the side now of believing that this is in fact a social contagion. 
and it is affecting the population that is actually most prone to social contagions. Young females. They are more prone to it. I don't know why. I've heard some explanations from psychiatrists and such. I don't think you see the explosion in the numbers we have seen among a cohort that was not represented in the old data. The demographics of transitioning uh, uh, transgender patients, it was overwhelmingly young boys. I shouldn't even say young boys. It was overwhelmingly male. Let me just say that. It was overwhelmingly male. And that has now shifted. It's now overwhelmingly female and usually young females who displayed none of these symptoms, none of these thoughts or ideations until just like, you know, all of a sudden and usually there's a peer group that they... They have these sentiments. They share these sentiments. And I believe social media is driving it. I really do. For a long, as long as I remember, there was always this, you know, oh, kids are going through puberty. They're self-conscious. They don't like the changes their bodies are going through. And now, oh, well, we have an answer for that. Oh, you don't like the way you feel? Oh, you're uncomfortable in your own skin? We used to just tell kids, yeah, it's puberty. Kind of stinks, right? Your body's creating a lot of acne. That's awful, right? You have all of these impulses and such now and all these thoughts. And and rather than say that this is normal, your body's going through these changes and all of that, no, we're saying, no, 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 it's okay. You know what? You you don't want to go through these changes. No, you probably are. You probably are the opposite. So you should just stop that from happening. And don't worry. You'll totally be able to pick it up where you left off. And yeah, that's not really true either. Here is the uh, Associated Press. So the Senate and House voted minutes apart to override a veto of a bill also limiting LGBTQ plus instruction in the early grades. This was the Parents' Bill of Rights, where it basically said you don't get to talk about sexuality. And it doesn't matter what kind of sexuality. It doesn't matter. It's not a don't say gay bill. That's what they call it, though. They being the media and Democrats, but I repeat myself, they keep referring to it as a don't say gay bill. And that's not what it does. It's saying you don't get to talk about any kind of sex with our kids. Why do you need to talk to the six year old about who you're stooping? It's not your kid. Okay. anyway, they have a quote here. From uh, an LGBTQ plus youth who rallied outside the legislative building who said that the bill would make schools unsafe for transgender students who could be outed by a teacher to unsupported or unsupportive parents. This is another one of the emotional blackmail techniques. But as long as we are lining up catastrophic hypotheticals in order to argue a point, how about kids getting transed by activist teachers? How about that? Because that has happened. There are lawsuits about it. So how about that? Right. I mean, if we're going to go to the extremes and say that, oh, my gosh, you know, my kid has to be able to talk to a teacher uh, that they just have for one year, for nine months out of one year of their life. They're going to go talk to that one teacher and then they're going to get, quote, affirmed. They're going to get um, uh, 
supported in their efforts to transition socially with the name changes, pronoun changes, that sort of thing. And don't tell mom and dad, because mom and dad definitely don't need to know about any kind of mental health issues going on, which, by the way, that is usually the precursor to transgender ideology and these ideas, this dysphoria. There are pre-existing mental health issues. And you know what a huge one is? Autism. It's like half. Is it possible that higher rates of suicide might have something to do with all of the, the cocktail of other you know, uh, issues, mental health issues that are going on that, that pre-exist the dysphoria? Is that possible? About 300,000 people between the ages of 13 and 17 identify as transgender in the United States. 300,000 people. That according to UCLA's Williams Institute in a 2022 study. And of the 300,000, 8,500 of those youth live in North Carolina. Charlotte Observer reporting last month that the estimated number of transgender youth has doubled since 2017. Now wonder why. Hmm, 2017, you say. So in the last, what, six years, it has doubled? Is that just because more people feel comfortable in this? Or is there something else going on? And what, what really disturbs me, and it was the same sort of dynamic we saw in the pandemic, which is so many people that are so confident in their opinion. And they don't know. You don't know why the numbers doubled. But you want to now set you want to set kids on a course based on that opinion. And there are differences of opinion. It's very much like the climate change argument, right? Yes, climate changes, but is this the correct path to be going on? Do you actually have the ability to affect the outcome by being on this path? And if you simply ask the question, now all of a sudden you're a hater, a denier, or whatever. You're a bigot, right? You're all of these things. And why do they why do they launch the ad hominem attacks? It's to get you to shut up. Just shut up. Let us do this course. That's what we want. We don't know why, but that's what we want to do. Got a uh, Pete tweet here. This is from Icky Foo, who says, The need to belong is so strong. I don't understand this because I have the tism. <laughs> I have the autism. Um, I just thought that these were weak-willed individuals, but I can't imagine how it feels to be so desperately alone or unwanted. Yeah, this has always been a very difficult time in people's lives, for the most part. Look, there are some people, I guess, they go through, uh, you know, adolescence and teenage years and puberty and all that, and, and it's all just a uh, walk in the park for them. I don't believe there are many of them, but I'm sure some of them do exist. I think most people, the human condition, look, life is difficult, and then we die. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but it is. Life is difficult. It is filled with pain and misery and hurt. It's a race against death that we all lose. So, like, we're promising these kids some sort of way towards utopia, and that's that's not that's not a path that's available. And you 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 just say, oh, you're going through this, and you have these changes going on, and rather than than helping them to get through it, where they will then have the self confidence, they will then have strength. You know, resistance to pressure builds strength. And rather than come out on the other side stronger for it and more you know, mentally strong to handle challenges and such. 
We just say, oh, this is this isn't what you want. Okay, well then here, let's do this, and then you won't have to go through this, and you won't have to feel these things. Like there's like it's like therapy in a bottle kind of thing. But the problem here, obviously, is that in your denial of reality, you're setting these kids up for a life of constant medical interventions. This is what the uh, observer wrote. When was this? Last month, I want to, yeah, in July. This is Jody Velotti. And, uh, you know, telling you all you need to know how gender-affirming care affects transgender minors, what's permanent and what's not. And uh, she writes that puberty-blocking drugs can be prescribed so puberty is blocked or delayed. The effects of blockers are not permanent. And this information is available. In fact, two years before, three years before the Observer story, transgendertrend.com. Are puberty blockers reversible? Well, over in the UK, they say no, actually. They've redone their, uh, their guidance. They took out the claim that puberty blockers are considered to be fully reversible. They are not. You know what they say now? Little is known about the long-term side effects of hormone and puberty blockers in children with gender dysphoria. Although GIDS, Gender Identity Development Service, advises this is a physically reversible treatment if stopped, it is not known what the psychological effects may be. It is also not known whether hormone blockers affect the development of the teenage brain or their bones. Side effects may also include hot flushes or flashes, I guess, fatigue and mood alterations. Do you think, like, if you went to a, a parent and said, here, you know what, we're going we're gonna to put them on this thing. Oh, and by the way, it may, it's totally reversible, except this part here where they may not actually uh, get full development of their brain. Would you do that? Why is the observer telling people something that they, that oversees that these European countries who have been, they're farther down this path than America was, and they are now doing 180s. They're now reversing course. They're rewriting stuff. Why would, why would you not know this? How, how do you purport to advise people on what the truth is when you don't know this? Unknown effects on the developing adolescent brain should be reason enough to question the use of puberty blockers for minors. The fact that this has not been flagged before is a testament to the existence of the seemingly different rules that govern transgender health care. And that's really what's going on. There is a different set of rules here. Would parents say yes to these blockers if they knew that trials on sheep show that they impair brain development? That's not reversed. When you discontinue the blockers, that does not change. That does not get reversed. We know that there is a window of development in puberty, which if you if you miss it, it cannot be regained at a later stage. Why are you still telling parents that these can be reversed? Why are you telling these kids that this can be reversed when it cannot be?